It's Sunday night and we're talking about the end of time, which I don't believe is that far away. I have tossed around what I should talk about. I've been studying signs of the end for ever since I started studying seriously the Bible in 1964. I'd been preaching for about three years at that time. And I got real serious about studying the end of time. I started studying the 70 weeks of Daniel in 1964. Uh, we're talking about the end of time, and I've talked about last week about a verse. I'm going to spend a little more time on it because it is so broad. Uh, in, you'll find in the 21st chapter of Luke what the Bible says... At the end of time, it's going to be the same time period where Israel is coming back from all over the world. Israel has been scattered ever since 586 B.C. When, when Israel was carried away into captivity by the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar. And you'll find that in Second Chronicles the 36th chapter, 36th chapter, and the and Second Kings, the 25th chapter. Uh, Northern Israel had already been carried away in 722 B.C., and they were carried away, and you can measure close to the end of time when Israel has come back and become a nation, May 14th, 1948 and they were under the rule of many of these nations these these slaughtering butchering nations all over the world for all that time I'm talking about verses 24 and 25 of Luke 21 let's read that one more time and they the Jews shall fall by the edge of the sword that will be the beast that carries them away Babylon, carrying away southern Judah or southern Israel, and the Assyrian kings carrying northern Israel away in 722 B.C. The Assyrians. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. That happened all of this time. They were trodden down of the Gentiles until May 14, 1948, when they, they had a United Nations meeting at Tel Aviv, Israel. That was the capital of Israel at the time. And they met with the National Council and declared Israel a nation for the first time since 586 B.C. That is a sign of the end of time. We're living in this generation when these things happen. The Bible says the generation where this happens here in Luke 21 will not pass away till all is fulfilled. There are other signs which I want to kind of maybe not dwell on but bring up uh, here in the next verse. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon. The moon determines our tides and what's happening to the oceans determines what's going to happen to humanity. 
or what's happening to the air around us. The pollution of the oceans and the water and the air around us is, and the pollution of waters, this is where the fish are going to die. I've wondered about this for years. We have a communications, uh, we have a communication concept that we can go to and find so much information it is phenomenal and that's called the internet now people say well you're going to depend on the internet there are a lot of scientists on the internet from the right and from the left from the republicans and from the democrats but there's some men that that'll tell you what's happening right down the middle that'd be the scientists most scientists don't go by politic political stand they go by what is I'm going to read some things to you about this. And you'll say, well, that's a right wing or that's a left wing. No, this is not Democrat or Republican. It's actually what's happening in the world today. It has nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. They take a stand on it, but they don't realize they're not going to stop the judgment of God upon the earth. The Democrats will say the earth is heating up and the Republicans will say, no, it's not. Well, it is, but I got news for the Democrats. You're not going to stop it. And Republicans, you need to wake up because it is here. The earth is heating. Now, I brought this. I used to teach on that before Al Gore wrote his book on global warming. That's something that they have been tracing for a couple of hundred years. Now... There shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. The sun with its sunspots. Those sunspots, when they shoot those, they shoot those flames out for 100,000 miles, they cause the earth to go into convulsive states in our weather. That affects us. People don't even know that's going on. If you go on the internet and look up sunspots or look up how the sun is affecting us and how the moon is affected, when the waters are affected, the moon is a, the moon affects our tides. The reason the tides go in and out is because of the moon. It ex, it exerts a certain amount of magnetic pull upon the earth, and that's what happens. And all scientists know that. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. We have got all kinds of perplexing problems in the world. It is not just political. It has to do with the weather, the air, the economic situation. What we are doing, we're killing ourselves for one reason. It's called... Greed. That's our problem. Do I believe man is going to, if man can control all the problems we have, he'll have to repent of his greed. Is he going to do that? No way at all. It's not going to happen. Now, I've got some things I'll read, and one of them will tell you all the things that's going to happen, and then he'll turn around and tell you how men can actually remedy this by stopping this influx into the air of all these chlorofluorocarbons and all of these methane gases, that ain't going to happen. You think people are going to quit? Uh, they're going to throw away their 
a barbecue pit out back and tear it down and, and quit driving their big SUVs, that ain't going to happen. You think these companies are going to quit putting all this smoke and methane gases into the air? Methane gases, there's three gases that's very dangerous to our ozone. The ozone stops the ultraviolet rays from coming in but there are three gases that they can't control one is methane carbon and water vapor these have a molecular structure that they can come in to the ozone but they can't go back out and they just bounce going trying to go back out and what they do is destroy the ozone which stops the ultraviolet rays. The reason you get skin cancer is the ultraviolet rays. The reason we die younger than we used to is because of those ultraviolet rays come in and kill us. Now, distress of nations with perplexity. Let me read to you something. Here's an article off of the internet it's written pretty much right down the middle. It's called Our Story of the Latest Global Warming Facts. It's very interesting. Let me just read a little something here to you. I marked something here. All right. Triggering many of the 11 most dangerous global warming tipping points leading to spiking and cascading ecological, economic, political social system catastrophic and collapses and finally it goes into other things they they tell you that global warming consequences are destabilizing our climate and our lives and the global warming will affect conflict and war when the world heats up and people are on edge and they want more and they're very uncomfortable the bible says that the world's going to heat up. It says that over in Revelation. I'm going to read it again. In Revelation, the 16th chapter. See, the Democrats and Republicans never, never decided to look in the Bible and see if global warming was true in the Bible, and it is. But the point is, it's the judgment of God, and there's no way out. It's going to happen. If we live long enough, we will suffer the global warming. I'll suffer under it. When it rains, it rains on the just and the unjust. And when the judgments of God come down on the world, it'll hit us, believers. There is no preacher of rapture will be changed at the last trump. Now, this may be uncomfortable for some, but this is true. There's seven angels that's got seven vials. The vials were the judgments of God. The first angel sounds in verse 2 of chapter 16 of Revelation. The first went and poured out his vial upon the earth and their fellow noisome. Noisome doesn't mean noisy. It means evil. And grievous sore upon the men which the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea. And the sea became as the blood of a dead man. Every living soul died in the sea. And now I've got papers here that'll tell you all about how the sea is being so polluted the whales all over the world are beaching themselves all these dolphins are dying 
fish of every species are dying today while we're right here. One of these writers says, if the world was aware of this, it would cause a panic. And that's why a lot of the people will not divulge this to the American public. They're afraid of the panic. So he says, the sea becomes blood of a dead man and every living soul in the sea dies. I told you just a few weeks ago that I read this thing about plastic being dumped into the sea. I, got, I believe I have that paper here somewhere. Here it is. This is, people say, you shouldn't preach with magazines. Yes, you should if they're going to tell you what's going on and people won't admit it. This is about where they're dumping millions of tons of plastic into the sea. Let me tell you why. It goes on, I didn't read this to you last week. Where is it coming from? Since plastic became incorporated into many consumer products in the 1950s, when I was a teenager, only about 21% has been recycled or incinerated. What makes plastic appealing that it's not only cheap and versatile, but also virtually indestructible. Makes it a nightmare to dispose of and to dispose of and about three percent of plastic produced in coastal countries eventually ends up in the ocean. This is how fish are going to be dying. The Bible says so. Fishing nets and other plastic fishing gear are a major source. So is lightweight plastic litter, which can be blown off garbage trucks, barges, and landfills, and deliberately dumped in the rivers or sewer systems and carried out to sea. Many of the worst polluters are developing countries with rudimentary waste management systems. China bears the greatest responsibility, accounting for about 30% of the global total while the United States ranks 20th. A less obvious form of plastic pollution comes from the microparticles found in products such as deodorant, toothpaste, sunscreen that wash down drains. Many clothes are made from, with synthetic fibers and one wash cycle can, can cause 200,000 fibers to escape into wastewater. As a consequence, the Hudson River in New York, for example, dumps about 150 million plastic fibers in the ocean every day. How's that for polluting the seas? You think that's going to kill the fish? That is not all there is to it. Then it goes into, where does it go? Then it goes into, is it affecting marine life? Absolutely. Is, are humans at risk? Absolutely. What's being done? Nothing. They warn people, but they don't do anything about it. Now let me read some more of this. Global warming consequences destabilizing. It affects rising sea levels, methane. It's a methane time bomb. I was watching a special the other night. It was on how the earth was created and all of this. And they were talking about the... the uh, frozen tundra, the permafrost in Alaska. The permafrost has got tons of methane gas in it, and the permafrost is melting. People say, 
What does that mean? It means the methane gases that comes out of the permafrost. I brought it out last week that what is happening uh, to the permafrost, it's because the glaciers are melting. Glaciers are great big mountains of solid ice and they're melting. They were dedicated in Montana. The Glacier National Park was dedicated by Robert Taft, the president, in 1910. There were 100, approximately 170 glaciers in Glacier National Park. There's approximately 26 now. People say, the earth's not heating up. Yes, it is. We'll have a real cold snap coming and say, see how cold it is? That's very ignorant on your part when you say that. When they say the earth is heating up, they take every day of the year, add it up, take the temperature every day, get the average temperature in a day, they add it up, it equals to this, and then they take this and divide it by 365, and it tells you what the average temperature of a day was. It doesn't matter how cold days were or how hot some days were, we are heating up. That's ridiculous when scientists say, yes, we're heating. Politicians say, no, we're not. That's like telling a little kid uh, in the in kindergarten, well, here's the square root of the hypotenuse of the right triangle equals the sum of the square roots of both sides. I don't think that's true. That's what politicians talking back to scientists are like. It's, it's insane. The Bible says it's heating up, and it goes on to financial loss and collapse it affects animal attacks brings about tsunamis increased volcanic activity toxic air pollution increased heat you'd have to study science to know what's going on it's crazy droughts i've brought out i studied el nino before before Al Gore wrote his book, I was studying El Nino back in the 60s when I was a young preacher. El Nino is a, is a section of water off the coast of Africa. I've got it right here. It started off the coast of Africa and it came at Christmas time. And the reason they called it El Nino, that means the child. And because it came at Christmas time, they called it the, the Christ child thing. And it... And it uh, off the coast, it's a section out here of water where the trade winds quit blowing. Who causes the trade winds to blow? God. And when the trade winds quit blowing, it's a section of water that's larger than the United States of America. When the trade winds don't blow, the water evaporates, goes up into the stratosphere, carried all over the world, and it plays havoc with the weather, calling, causing droughts in Australia, droughts on the western end of the United States, floods in the middle of the United States. You'd have to study science to actually get a hold of this. I, you can read a lot about it. Instead of playing games on the Internet, why don't you go on the Internet and look up global warming, uh, air pollution, water pollution, you'll get all this information rather than just playing video games. You can find out how the world is going to come down to an end. It brings about, if yeah, there's less food, water costs more, 
uh, fires and wildfires break out. When you when it when that when that water begins to con condensation happens in the in that area of the southern Pacific. When that happens, it goes into the stratosphere. It's carried all over the world and plays havoc with the weather and causes droughts where there's no food in certain areas of the world. I didn't make this up. These are some scientific facts. There's mass migration of animals. Animals begin to die. Jet stream disruption. Shrinking sea ice and ice shelves. Shrinking glaciers and snowpack flooding. All of this is due. It's all connected to one another. Melting tundra and permafrost. Disease and pandemic. Disease comes with, with no rain. With droughts. It gets into some official terminology. This is called the sixth mass extinction even from much of humanity this may be caused when when we cross the final catastrophic tipping point of carbon 600 ppm particles per million in the atmosphere about 50 to 70 years from now if we are lucky mr stephen hawking the famous physicist who just died, said America has about 30 to 50 years to exist without just going belly up in every way possible. He's already died. He don't have to put up with it. All he had to do was go to hell. Now, how fast it gets worse from where we are today and how much time we have left before it is above A, B, and C, which he gives you a, uh, some tipping points on here. He says, you and your family business or nation depends completely on your current location, where you are. Within 15 to 20 years, life will be regularly become highly chaotic and unstable. And these unfortunate individuals and businesses that are located in places they don't want to be, where the tides and the sea is going to be overflowing. Now... He says the generation to slow escalating 20 worst consequences of global warming, we will cross the near extinction atmospheric carbon tipping point level of carbon 500 parts per million. This is predicted to happen in the next 20 or 25 years from now until 2038, 2042, if we don't get out of hand will we control our greed no once we cross the carbon 500 ppm parts per million tipping point it is almost certain that we will cross the carbon 600 parts per million extinction tipping point not too long after that then he says carbon one of the main house green greenhouse gases an increasing carbon parts per million level in our atmosphere is one of the best. And then he says, on the average over the last 60 years for every additional 25 parts per million of carbon that goes into the atmosphere, our 
average global temperature goes up 0.5 degrees. You think that's not much. If we go up 0.5 degrees, if freezing is 32 degrees Fahrenheit, how much melting will 0.5 degrees bring on all of these mountaintops and these glaciers and these ice-covered glaciers in Montana and on the, on the poles? How much will melt? They say that what can happen is the... I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you we've got to be looking out for what's coming. They tell us that there could be, if most of this, enough of this glacier melts, particularly on the poles, we might have an east coast somewhere about Knoxville. And people say, well, that's just not true. That's because you're willing to be ignorant. When the Bible says, let's read some more from the Bible. The third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood. How do they become blood? The fish die. The animals in the animals that depend on the the ecological balance in the oceans and the rivers are going to die. That's happening now. I heard an angel of the waters say, "Thou art righteous, O Lord." What's happening is God is bringing His four judgments: sword, famine, pestilence, and the beast. That the Bible teaches all through the Old Testament which art and which was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus, for they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and I am bringing this judgment on the earth because of that. And thou shalt give them blood to drink, for they are worthy. To drink blood meant to undergo a death. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous and Thy judgments, the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun. And power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. It's going to heat up. The Bible says the earth is going to heat up. Because that's not going to happen. Well, yes, it is. The Bible says so. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. They don't care what's coming. This thing's going to get bad before it's over with. And I'll have people write, who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anything. I'm telling you that this matches up with the word of God. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. And blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Men's hearts are hard. How are we going to do away with this judgment of God? Let me read some more from this. Over the last 60 years, for every additional 25 parts per million of carbon that goes into the atmosphere, our average global temperature goes up 0.5 degrees Fahrenheit or about 0.25 degrees centigrade. As of June 2018, we are currently at carbon 411 parts per million level. We're also adding another 3 plus carbon parts per million each year.
Worse yet, when we cross the near extinction carbon 500 parts per million tipping point in about 25 to 30 years, and it could be 20, if our greed is not curbed, from 2018, about 2043 to 48. That's why Mr. Stephen Hawking said we don't have about 50 years before this thing gets really bad. Our average global temperature will inescapably soar to at least 4 degrees centigrade and 4 degrees centigrade all ice on the earth will begin melting as it has done repeatedly in the past. Sea levels will eventually rise to about 240, 270 feet and a large portion of humanity will die of starvation or from, does this compute with the Bible? There will be great tribulations such as is not from the beginning, no, nor ever shall be. We which are alive and remain, survive until the coming of the Lord, shall not go before those you know that are asleep. Uh, you know what struck my mind? What's that? We're fighting about a wall. Fighting what? About a wall. A battle wall. We're fighting about a wall. Fighting about a wall, yeah. We're fighting about a wall that ain't going to matter. When you're talking about this, they say in here the reason they don't tell the American public they don't want a pandemic in the public or a panic. Rising from temperatures and global warmings, other rated 20 worst consequences. This is scientifically evaluated. This is not something that the right or the left wing is talking about. He goes on and says, the above bad news, particularly inevitably, of crossing 500 parts per million tipping point, that's the tipping point. They say we're going to be there in the next 20 to 30 years. That's why Mr. Hawking said some of the things he said. How does that affect everything? It really plays havoc. If the average global temperature rises just 3 degrees centigrade above pre-industrial levels, almost no one or no nation will be spared levels of severe and massive financial loss, suffering, and death that will make Earth into a living hell. You ready for that? This is not something... That you just say, well, let's just quit driving these fancy cars and, and let's get rid of our barbecue pits. It's coming out of the methane gases as these as the tundra melts. These methane gases are released and there's just tons of methane gas in the in the permafrost in Alaska and up on the in the poles. And what's caused all this? Our greed. That's what's causing the world to collapse. Everything is an ecological balance until we moved into it and took over. Isn't that amazing? I can't read you all of this. You can go online look up global warming facts, ocean pollution, the dirty facts. Covering more than 70% of our planet, oceans are among the Earth's most valuable natural resources. They govern the weather, clean the air, help feed the world, and provide a living for millions. And we're stuffing the oceans. I'm not on an ecological uh, crusade. I'm telling you 
This is what the scientists tell us is going to happen. And the Bible verifies it. Distress of nations with perplexity. Forget the political part, just the pollution is killing the world. Carbon emissions to choking plastic, to leaking oil, to constant noise, the types. Did you know the animals have to have noise in the ocean? They communicate back and forth. And we put all this plastic in the ocean. It's causing them not to be able to communicate and they can't go to their resting place or their place where they breed because they cannot communicate with the noise in there. That's the way the sonar that's built into the dolphins, that's the way they communicate, and they're dying all over the world. That's distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. I don't know of anybody else that looks at it. When we burn fossil fuels, we don't pollute just the air, but the oceans too. Indeed, today's seas absorb as much as a quarter of all man-made carbon emissions. See, we're not just polluting the ozone, but the seas too, where the animals live. And they can't live with air blocking everything with plastic in the ocean. This ch- Listen to this. When we burn fossil fuels, we don't just pollute the air, but the oceans too. Indeed, today's seas absorb as much as a quarter of all man-made carbon emissions, which changes the pH of surface waters. you got to check the pH balance if you've got a swimming pool. And it leads to acidification. That is dangerous. This problem, Mary was telling me about acidity. She studies some of that. and you gotta, You've got to get rid of all the acidity in our bodies. The problem is rapidly worsening. Oceans are not acidifying faster than they have in some 300 million years. It's estimated that by the end of the century, if we keep pace with our current emissions practices, the surface waters of the ocean could be nearly 150 cent more acidic than they are now. So what happens when the ocean's chemistry is knocked out of whack? Marine ecosystems, the coastal economics that depend on them go out of whack too. Take reefs and shellfish for starters. They build their shells and skeletons, creatures, mussels, clams, coral, and oysters require calcium carbonate. See, you got it into biology. But you don't want to do that. That's a waste of time, isn't it? They need calcium carbonate, the same compound found in chalk and limestone. The ocean's carbonate levels go down when acidity levels rise. That stops the growth of the animal creatures. Threatening the survival of these animals, just the shellfish and the coral and the clams and the mussels. And how much more? So these effects ripple up to many fish, seabirds, and marine mammals. And I can't read all of this. It's too much. Listen to this. Ocean noise. <clears throat> what is it's causing all this? Our greed as human beings. Ocean noise. Ocean noise pollution is altering the underwater acoustic landscape, harming and even killing marine species worldwide. 
because they communicate through noise. Deafening seismic blast disrupt foraging, mating, and other vital behaviors of endangered whales. They're beaching themselves and dying. So are dolphins. So are other fish. A lot of them are I've told you before Mary and I like I like grouper and I like orange ruffy. There is a shortage of them out there in the world. Because we like it because it doesn't taste fishy. The blasts lead to some commercial fish species to abandon their habitats. Reducing ocean pollution and you. You can start by reducing ocean pollution runoff. Do I believe people are going to listen to that? No. I got pictures here of fish, whales, and dolphins of all kinds dying. And they're all over the world. It shows plastic is killing them. Does that matter? Does it matter? There's an ecological balance between the moon and the sun and the oceans and our air. I'm not on a quest to start uh, preaching for cleaner water. It's not going to happen unless you can control man's greed. In fact, this is the judgment of God that's coming on the earth. Let me see here. I, I can't read all this I've got. I've got stacks of this stuff I've made. Stacks of it. Got one here, one talking about just as the ocean's revealing its mysteries, we're finding out how delicate its many ecosystems are. It has to do with us. It has to do with us being able to go to the store and buy something off the shelf. Well, I'm just not interested in that. I know that. And people say, you shouldn't read from papers. Read from the Bible. That's what I've been doing. I'm trying to match up what these scientists are telling us concerning the Word of God. Boy, we are. We're messed up in America. And it has to do with the love of money is the root of all evil. Isn't it? I got something here on cleaning our air, protecting our health. Air pollution kills every year. Dirty air kills over 9,000 Californians. Did you know dirty air kills people in Middle Tennessee, people that have asthma? They can't afford their doctors. They can't afford this expensive medication. I had one medication, something called Atrovent. Before I went with Blue Rex, the prescription insurance, the first year, I had to pay a copay of three hundred and sixty something dollars for one month of Atrovent because of my asthma. I went with Blurex and that's only $194 a month. Only $194? That's because of the greed of these medical companies. And they say they're charging for the years of, uh, of uh, scientific research. Do I believe it takes that long? to start bringing out generic forms. No, I don't believe them. I believe they are filled with greed. Air pollution. Children and the elderly are especially vulnerable. Nearly twice as many people die from traffic-related pollution as from traffic-related accidents. Pollution also increases rates of heart attacks, strokes, and asthma attacks. 
Can you actually buy organic foods off the shelves in the store? Most of it that's got organic is not. I've read that. If you read the information off the internet instead of playing games, you'll find out something. Air pollution also increases heart attacks, strokes, asthma attacks. Asthma rates have been rising in our state, talking about California, rates of childhood asthma in some Central Valley communities now run as high as 20 to 30 percent. California ch school children miss 1.9 million days of school each year due to asthma. I'm familiar with asthma. I've got that. goes on through more of this. I can't read it all. Then here's another one on global warming. Don't have time to read it. Here's one on suitcase nuclear devices. I preached on that. The Russians made these nuclear suitcases. This is political. It has to do with air. Has to do with. It has to do with Alaska melting. I got a had an old uh, VCR tape. The title was Alaska's Melting, and it showed one forest where the trees were leaning about 45 degrees. All the trees in the forest because the tundra was melting, and showed some houses up there that had sunk into the ground because Alaska's melting, and it would be a two-story house. And the second story window would be right level with the ground where it sunk into the ground because it's melting. And people will walk around saying, well, this is only a cycle. Every 100,000 years, uh, everything starts heating up. Well, if it's a cycle, whose cycle is it? Who owns the cycle? God. God, I guess he looked ahead of time. <laughs> I guess he did. He planned ahead of time for at the same time when we got so evil to have the cycle come and cause us to sink. And we're headed towards great tribulation such as is not from the beginning of the world, no, nor ever shall be. Don't have time to go in the nuclear suitcases. Russia built these bombs that they could put in a suitcase-sized container they weighed 200 and something pounds it looked like a suitcase they said they could put one of these into a building in New York City drive 500 miles away or a thousand call have a have a timing set up on that suitcase and have a nuclear warhead in it they could put it in a room in some uh janitor's room in we'd go into in New York in a hotel take it in set it down drive 500 miles away make a call to that timing device and blow that up and it blow up half the city of New York and that was distributed by the Russians and when they broke up the Soviet Union broke up into states they had some of these all over the world they said some of them were buried in Minnesota some in down in uh, Texas, and we don't know what happened to them. They're still out there floating around. It, there's a stress of nation with perplexity is what's going on. I don't have time to read all these things. This is all about glaciers here. All about, you want to 
go on the internet and Google this stuff. You can find scientists telling you all kinds of things. This is about this is about this last one. I got the last two here, and then I'm gonna get on with a message. All I can say is death don't look too bad. Huh? But all I can say is death don't look too bad. Death doesn't look too bad. That's why Paul said, "If I have hope of things in this life only, I am all of all men most miserable." I have a desire to part and be with Christ, which is better than this. You mean the world is going to get better and they're going to cure all this? The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. It's not going to get good. This is about, this is about the thaw, global thaw. Scientists who assess the planet's health see indisputable evidence that Earth has been getting warmer, in some cases rapidly. Most believe that human activity, in particular the burning of fossil fuels and resulting buildup of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere, have influenced this warming trend. This is not a Republican stand or a Democrat stand. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with science. In the past decade, scientists have documented record high average annual surface temperatures and have been observing other signs of change all over the planet. This glacier used to be close, closer, he's talking about a glacier, Fagray declares as we crest a steep section, his glasses fogged from exertion. He's only half joking. A trailside sign notes that since 1901, Sperry Glacier has shrunk more than 800 acres to 300 acres, that's out of date, figure says. This is a scientist stopping to catch his breath. Now it's less than 250 acres. I don't know how you can argue with looking at a glacier and it used to go out here and now it's just over here. Everywhere the earth, is, earth ice is changing. The famed snows of Kilimanjaro have melted more than 80% since 1912. Glaciers in the Gahal Himalaya in India are retreating so fast that researchers believe that most certainly an eastern Himalayan glacier could virtually disappear by 2035. Arctic sea ice has thinned significantly over the last past half century. Polar bears, the ice is melting so they can't find food in Alaska. They they have to travel across ice, and the ice is melting. And they, if they go to travel somewhere, sometimes they have to swim 300 miles to get to where some seals are that they can feed. And there's a, all kinds of animals in the world. There's a shortage of animals. They're on the endangered species list. The elephants on endangered species because of weather lack of food, so are the giraffes, so are the polar bears. They're in danger. They come to a place. You see advertisements on TV like that snow leopard. They said they only got like so many hundred left of them. They're trying to save them. That's because of this ecological problem. But it indirectly it affects us. I just wanted to bring this out to you. I could talk about this for hours and read this for hours. 
I do not believe that men are going to repent. It's like it says right here. The earth will heat up and men will curse God for the heat. When it goes on to say in the next verse, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the river Euphrates and the water thereof dried up and the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And one fellow called me about verse, wrote me about verse 13. Verse 13, these are the judges of God coming on the earth. Verse 13, well actually, Verse 12, the Euphrates drying up. You find the Euphrates drying up in the Old Testament. There in the 44th and 45th chapter. And this is part. The Euphrates drying up has to do with economy. What does the the earth heating up have to do with? Famine. Well, famine, pestilence. Greed. Famine. Pestilence, disease. Anytime you have our ecology messed up, out of whack like the writer said, you're affecting the economy. You're affecting disease. When you don't have enough food and the stomachs of those little kids get bloated in Africa, there's disease that accompanies famine. But when you don't have any water, disease comes with it. And the pollution of what water you have comes about. So what is this? War? War on the political scene? And all of this disruption... All this disruption with the seas and with the air. You want to see something that'll just scrabble your brain, just Google on the internet pollution of the air, pollution of the seas, pollution of the waters. This is not just about the the earth heating up. It's about every bit of the ecological system of the earth going into convulsion. And it, is it our life? Well, yeah. If things happen the way they're talking, and we have a... We had an ice storm back in 1992, and trucks couldn't run. And they, you could go into the supermarket down here, and in just two days when they had this ice storm, the shelves in the, in the stores started emptying. What do you think is going to happen when all this disruption in our economy comes about and you can't get trucks on the road because there's nothing to ship, because the oceans are messed up and because the fish are dying? I'm not on a Republican or Democrat thing. This is what the Bible says is going to happen at the end of time. And when you have famine, the Euphrates drying up is tied to the rest of these verses because the Euphrates in the Old Testament in Isaiah 44 and 45 it's amazing when the, the 
emperor uh, Cyrus of Persia blocked the Euphrates River and dried it up. You have a drying of the Euphrates in the New Testament and you have a drying of the Euphrates in the Old Testament. Euphrates River came down from the east and emptied. You had the Tigris coming from the north. But the Euphrates, Babylon was built on the Euphrates and Babylon was shipping all over the world at that time by means of the Euphrates River. All of the goodies, I'll call it goodies, all the material things to the world. The Bible speaks of the Euphrates drying up over here in the New Testament. That has to do with the war, the sword, the political situation we've got in the world that has to do with the United Nations and everybody trying to come together. And you've got about 50 major wars in the world today. And you're not even familiar with most of them. The Shiites and the Sunnis are at war with each other among all the Arab nations and they're killing each other until the Yanks come over and then they start killing us. It's going on everywhere. None of this, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. On the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. We don't know how to solve the wars. We don't know how to solve the pollution of our air if you've ever been to I was in Burbank, California one time I've been there several times and we got out of the car and the smog was so heavy it was I mean your eyes just started pouring it was horrible you don't want to live there in Los Angeles with the smog it's very unhealthy, and it'll kill you in time. It's just, my brother was with me, and he just walking along, and, he, and his snot was running out of his nose and tears out of his eyes. He said, well, what's the use of wiping it off? It's going to keep coming. It's just, and it's sick. It's crazy. Well, the Bible speaks of the sword, that's war. That's all of this stuff that's going on with, with, with all of the ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Hamas, the Palestinian uh, terrorists, and, and all the terrorists in the world starting wars, and Hitler starting World War II, and, and every war that we've had has been about Nations controlling other nations. It's men wanting more out of greed. That's all it is. So whenever you're talking about the Euphrates drying up, you're talking about the same thing over here in the New Testament. That's in Revelation 18. When you look back prior to this, back in Revelation 9, and the sixth angel sounds in verse 13. Sixth angel sound, I heard a voice from the four horns of the altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed and were prepared for an hour, a day, and a month, and a year for to slay the third of mankind. The 
Euphrates seemed to be the very method of getting to and from places to either ship food or for armies to cross and go attack some other other nation. And the Euphrates is dried up in the 16th chapter. And when you look at the 18th chapter of Revelation, you see the drying of the Euphrates. This has to do with money, merchandise, buying and selling, buying and selling. And those that do not have the mark of the beast cannot buy and sell. Mark is the word koragma. And it is a form of the word karax, which means a stake. This is the word mark. It means a stake on a boundary line. That takes us all the way back to Genesis, the third chapter. Stake on a boundary. And the mark of the beast is in a man's mind. When the Bible speaks of taking the mark on the forehead or in the hand, that was stolen from God. When God told Israel, put my law on your hand, put it where you rise up, where you lie down here in the 6th chapter of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6. It seems like everything that God says, the world tries to steal from it. He says, take my mark, put it on your forehead, where you lie down, where you rise up, put it where you walk. Look at that in Deuteronomy. This is where the mark of the beast, what he's doing is copying God. He's imitating the Lord. The beast is a world ruling system and there will be a man of sin who will be the head of that. Alright, Deuteronomy 6. This is the same basic thing in verse 3. Hear therefore, O Israel, observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, speaking of God's law, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. They'll be written in your heart. And that includes us, doesn't it? It's written in our hearts in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. It, means to, it doesn't mean to like the Jews did. They took and they put little boxes on their wrist and put this verse along with several other verses in it. And they put it on their hands and they called it a phylactery and they run it up on their arm so it would be close to their heart and put it on their left arm so it would be close to their heart. That's not what God's talking about. He's saying, whatever your hand does, do it with all your might, do it all to the glory of God and do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house so they they come up with a ah, the name has eluded me it's a these verses are in phylactery not a phylactery it's it's on the side of the door mezuzah mezuzah yeah it's a mezuzah and it had to be on the on the right side of the door going into their house I had a Jew give me a mezuzah one time I put it on the left side of the door in my house it's still over there over there on Urban you can see it right there by the door and uh as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them up on the post of thy house and on thy gates. It means everywhere you go, as frontlets between thy eyes means in the mind. So when the people have the mark of the beast, it's up on their hand because they're doing the work of the beast. They're doing the work of Babylon. They're doing the work of self. Let us make us a name. That's what they're doing. Self. So that's the mark of the beast. It's not a mark in a computer chip they put on your hand. We got something better than computer chips that Hal Lindsey used to talk about. We got DNA. That's better than a computer chip, isn't it? They can read your DNA through these instruments. Now, so let's go back over here to Revelation. Verse 12. Chapter 16. The sixth angel pointed his vial upon the river Euphrates, and the water there was dried up that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And when you look back over to Isaiah 44, didn't mean to go here, but I'm going here. Isaiah 44. This is the drying of Euphrates in the Old Testament. Euphrates was the method of getting the goods to the world at that time. It was the most busy river in the Middle East. It was the very home of Babylon and they shipped they were right there on the river they had all kinds of of uh, fruit trees and vegetables and everything you could grow in Babylon and here Babylon was 14 miles by 14 miles straddling the Euphrates River with all kinds of aqueducts coming in and watering these plants of all kinds and they were shipping them around the world that's the picture of the economy and the merchandise of the drying up of the Euphrates in the 18th chapter of Revelation. We see the Euphrates dried up and over here in the Old Testament you see in Isaiah 44 Euphrates dried up over here. And it had to do with stopping Babylon because Cyrus dries up the Euphrates Isaiah 44. Isaiah is the king of Persia. Persia is the same thing today that we call we call Iran. That was Persia. Uh, Persia was Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Turkmenistan, all of this area in here was Persia in ancient world. Iraq was Babylon. And the Euphrates run down through Babylon, northwest to southeast. Run this direction. Ran down through here. And when Cyrus comes from Persia, or what we call Iran, 
He comes over here. Babylon says we can't be conquered because we got water running around us, water running through us, and nothing can conquer us. Our walls are so high, and you can't conquer us. Now, Herodotus will give you this in his history book. He'll tell you that Cyrus, the king of Persia, come over here north of Babylon, ran, built some kind of a dam in order to divert the river Euphrates out here into the Arabian Desert, and you can run all the water that the Euphrates has got in the Arabian Desert because there's millions and millions of square miles of desert. And when you look at the Arabian Desert, it's all that Saudi Arabian Desert. You can run everything you want to out there in the desert. So Cyrus comes down, blocks the Euphrates River, comes down the river. Babylon straddled the river like so. And they had a seven-tier bridge crossing. <coughs> you had water running through it and around the walls of Babylon. That's called building your house on the sand. That's what it's called. Build your house on the sand, you're going to be conquered. They didn't build on a rock. So Cyrus blocks the river up, runs it out here in the desert, takes his army, marches down the river, and they have two-leaf gates going down to the river. They've got big two-leaf gates that women could go down and wash their clothes in the river, but they've dried all that up, and they got drunk inside, inside the city, and Belshazzar was in there drunk, parting with the vessels of the house of God, and Cyrus marches in and says, you're under arrest. And he kills him that night. That's the night Belshazzar died in that fifth chapter of Daniel. And in the thirty-first chapter, the fifty-first chapter of Jeremiah, and in the thirteenth and fourteenth chapter of Isaiah. And in this forty-fourth chapter of this equates with the drying up of the river. But the drying up of the river has to do with shipping the goods from Babylon all over the world. And that's what you've got in Revelation 18. Babylon in Revelation 18 is an international city of let us make us a name. Babylon's character never, never changes. Let us make us a name. A name. Let me make up our own authority. Self is the Self is the problem. Greed is the problem with the world. It's just self. This is not a political situation. It's not an argument between Democrats and Republicans. It has to do with the reality of the weather, of the seas, of the waters, of the pollution of everything, of the animals dying in the sea. I never knew what that was about until I began to study this situation, the ecology of the world. And you got all of these organizations. We're on an ecological uh, crusade to change the attitude of men about polluting the air. Well, that ain't going to change. Unless you can convict everybody's heart of their sin, make them get on their faces and cry out to God. And you ain't going to do that, are you? Especially since the majority of the world are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and only a few are going to enter in the narrow way. How can you change the world's attitude? Tell them to repent and turn around. You can't. It's not going to happen. This is the judgment of God that's coming on the world. 
This is the famine that's coming. You really want to get scared of this thing, just get on the internet and start to look, searching these things out. And here's a couple of things I didn't even read from. I've got stacks of these things I pulled off the internet, plus I've got dozens of books on it. One side it said in uh, in the greenhouse trap, that's a book I've got. He said, our ecological system is like a great boulder on a great big mountain being held up by a little pebble. And he said, we don't have any idea what's going to happen to our, to our ecology when that pebble comes loose and that ecology comes crashing down on us. He said, there's no way to reproduce this in an experiment in a lab. You cannot even begin to figure out what's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't mean to be just preaching a scary message, but it is frightening what's going to happen. This drying of the Euphrates goes right along with it. Over here in the Old Testament, Isaiah 44, here's the Euphrates being dried up. In the 44th chapter, you can get the verification out of Herodotus. Herodotus Herodotus was the founder, was the beginning of history. He's the first man that started writing history down. You can actually get his two set books, ordering them. I don't know where you can get them from, but they are available. They've reprinted them. He, these were written back 2,000 years ago. He's the man who started writing it down. He'll tell you exactly the same thing that Isaiah 44 says. Verse 24, Isaiah 44. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, and that spreadeth abroad the earth by itself, that frustrateth the tokens of liars, the promises, the oaths of liars, and maketh diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah you shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places there. Now that's why some people try to come up and say, that Cyrus gave the first decree to rebuild Jerusalem. Well, that's not, that couldn't happen because Cyrus only gave this decree in 538 B.C. And to give the decree of the 70 weeks, that would be 490 years. He wouldn't even get to the time of Jesus. So it's not, he's saying you will be built after you're destroyed, but he didn't give the decree. That saith to the deep, be dry. Well, did I read verse 26? 
verse 26 that confirmeth the word of his servant and performeth the counsel of his messengers that saith to Jerusalem thou shalt be inhabited and to the cities of Judah you shall be built after you are destroyed I will raise up the decayed places thereof that saith to the deep be dry it was Cyrus that dried him up and I will dry up thy rivers that saith of Cyrus he is my shepherd how was Cyrus the shepherd of God because he gave the first decree after Israel was destroyed over here after Jerusalem was just burnt to the ground the temple destroyed it was Cyrus in 538 BC that gave the first decree to go back and rebuild the Jerusalem and gave the Jews in Babylon the permission to go back home that his previous predecessor a Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed he gave the decree that's why he's called God's shepherd why would he give it to Cyrus huh why would he give it to Cyrus well that's a good question because he was the king available at that time I don't know if Cyrus was a believer but he gave the decree for Israel to go back to rebuild the temple and then the the man that followed him not the immediate follower but the man that was to follow him in decrees was Darius the first you had a king between Cyrus and Darius Darius and Cyrus Cyrus had a son named Cambyses he was pretty well worthless it was Darius the first that gave the second decree and it was a decree reaffirming the first decree because they couldn't give a decree twice once a law was made by the Persians it was unalterable according to Daniel the sixth chapter it couldn't be rescinded as long as the kingdom stood so Cyrus is my shepherd he shall perform all my pleasure even saying to Jerusalem thou shalt be built and to the temple and he will say you'll be built in the form of a following king which would be Artaxerxes thy foundation shall be laid thus saith the Lord to the anointed to Cyrus who's going to give decrees to Israel to go back and re-inhabit Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and his seceding king Artaxerxes will give the decree to rebuild the city whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates when he came in even according to Herodotus he found those two-leaved gates down to the river open and he walked in and tells Belshazzar you're under arrest and that happens over in Daniel look at Daniel real quick I'll come right back here it sounds like that God used him like a believer he sure sounds like a believer doesn't he yeah. boy I've wrestled with that for a long time I don't know if Cyrus was a believer or not he had when Zechariah the fourth chapter says not by might or by my spirit not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord 
he was talking to Zechariah about God touching the minds and hearts of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes. He said, they won't be delivered by a mighty army. God will simply touch the hearts of these kings, Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, to give the Jews decrees to go back to Israel, rebuild their temple, and rebuild their city. Sounds to me like Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes may have been believers. I don't know. Nebuchadnezzar, he was one of them. Huh? Was Nebuchadnezzar one of them? No, he was... Nebuchadnezzar was long before that. You had... Nebuchadnezzar was back in 604. Well, he used Nebuchadnezzar. You have to scatter him. But after Nebuchadnezzar came, evil, evil Merodach. After that, Negel Sherezer, Labashi Marduk, Nabonidus. And then Nabonidus' son was Belshazzar. But you had one, one, you had Nebuchadnezzar, then evil Merodach, Nabal Sherezer. And then Nabonidus was Belshazzar's father. So that was on down the line for Nebuchadnezzar. Then you had the Persians come in. You had Cyrus, Cambyses, and Darius I. And then you had Xerxes I. Then you had Artaxerxes I, which gave the second and the, the first decree to rebuild Jerusalem. I'll give you copies of that if you want it. Now look here. This is also part of what we've been talking about from the first. It's about the famine that will come when the Euphrates is dried up. Euphrates was a sign of trade. Everything was shipped by the way of Euphrates throughout the civilized world back then, back during the days of the Babylonian system, which was ruled by the Persians and the Greeks. And then he says, Thus saith the Lord to the anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open the two-leaved gates. He comes in. I was going to show you in Daniel. When he comes in in Daniel, I can't get to all this. It's amazing how our weather systems, our ecological systems, it's all about... Where was I going in Daniel? Five? Yeah, five. Yeah. Daniel 5. Uh, Belshazzar's the king when Cyrus comes in. In Daniel, the fifth chapter, Belshazzar the king made a great feast to thousands of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem. It says Nebuchadnezzar was only his father. Any preceding king was called a father to that king. He wasn't actually his father. Nebuchadnezzar's son was evil Merodach. It came like this. Let me write it up on the board. I'm going to end up with no time to finish this if I don't get on with this. It was Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, 
evil Merodach evil Merodach and then you had Negal Sherezer N-E-R-G-A-L N-E-R-G-A-L and then you had Sherezer S-H-A-R-E-Z-E-R S-H-A-R-E-Z-E-R and these men were really not important as far as the prophecy of God is concerned. And then you had, they're mentioned in Second Kings 24 and 25. And Nergal and then you had Labesh Marduk, Labesh Marduk, sound like funny names, Labesh Marduk, and then you had uh, Nabonidus. This was Belshazzar's father, Nabonidus. That was Belshazzar's father. Then you had Belshazzar. When it says Nebuchadnezzar, his father, it just meant a king in the line. It just meant a king in the line up here. He was a king way down the line. Nabonidus was the king when Belshazzar during this time period he was the co-regent co-regent a co-regent was a son who was to be king with his father but Nabonidus had made some of the sun worshippers angry and they had he succeeded in alienating the Babylonian priesthood in certain cases because he wanted to implement certain sun gods instead of the ones they were serving. So his son, Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, excuse me, Belshazzar was serving as co-regent in Babylon and it was Belshazzar with his, he was considered a very lascivious uh, profligate. A profligate was one who was immoral, shameless. P-R-O-F-L-I-G-A-T-E. That means he was evil to the core. Just all kinds of debaucherous ways of living. Well, you find him falling. Let me show you something that's interesting. You find him falling in this fifth chapter. In the same hour came the fourth the finger of a man's hand in verse 5 and rode over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. And he wanted to know if any of his Chaldeans could, and astrologers could interpret this. And they said, no, but there's a man in the prison that can interpret it. And they bring out Daniel. Now, he's not a friend of Daniel. He's heard about Daniel. And Daniel comes before him in verse 17. Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself. He said, I'll make you third in the kingdom. What do you mean by that? His father was the king. His father was hiding out, running away from the sun priest there in Babylon because he didn't want to have to deal with it. And his son was running the kingdom. And his son is the one that lost the kingdom. His son was just as godless as a man could be. And 
his direct father wasn't Nebuchadnezzar because Nebuchadnezzar believed in God and Nebuchadnezzar said I know that that God sits in the heavens and done everything he pleased none can stay his hand or say to him what doest thou he said I know that he believed God well you find let me show you something you need to understand Belshazzar sees the finger of God Daniel comes out and tells him what the message is and at this very time the time that's happening here Cyrus is marching down the river Daniel is standing in the hall with Belshazzar and telling him what these words are and when his heart was lifted up verse 20 his mind hardened in pride he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him I'll make you third in the kingdom Daniel if you'll tell me what this handwriting on the wall is well yeah you mean I'll be third king in the kingdom upside you and your father oh, what good's that going to do when Cyrus comes in that night and kills everybody that's in charge Daniel says no thank you don't need it and when his heart was lifted up verse 20 his mind hardened in pride he was defoed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar excuse me I'm reading the wrong chapter no I'm not excuse me he's talking about Nebuchadnezzar from verse 18 and then he's talking about his throne was taken from him he was driven from the sons of men his heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was like the wild asses and fed with the grass like oxen of his body was wet with dew of heaven this is a repeat of chapter 4 till he knew that the most high God ruled in the kingdom of men and appointed over it to whomsoever he will and thou his son O Belshazzar not his direct son just his son in the sense he inherited the throne hast not humbled thine heart though thou knewest all this he actually knew about Nebuchadnezzar repenting but thou hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven this is Daniel standing telling Belshazzar what's going on while Cyrus is marching down the riverbed and thou hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven and that they have brought the vessels of his house before thee and thou and thy lords and thy wives and thy concubines have drunk wine in them and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold and of brass and iron and wood and stone which see not nor hear nor know and the God in whose hand thy breath is whose are all thy ways thou hast not glorified then was the part of the hand sent from him and this writing was written and this is the writing that was written. This is Daniel speaking. Mene, Mene, Tiko. Remember Mene, it means numberer. That's also the word for moon. It just means to number. Tiko Ufarsin. This is the interpretation. Mene. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it, Belshazzar. Tiko, thou art weighed in the balances and found warning Perez thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persian and here comes Cyrus through the door right now Whew. and that night Belshazzar dies
one of the most evil kings that ever existed. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold around his neck, made a proclamation concerning him that he should be third ruler in the kingdom for five minutes. <laughs> While Cyrus comes in and overthrows him. And that night was Belshazzar the king of Chaldeans slain. He was killed by Cyrus that night. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. Cyrus takes over, and then Darius the Mede takes the kingdom. Now, notice something here in this. Notice in the seventh chapter, in the eighth, I'll get it right in a minute. Belshazzar dies in the fifth chapter, right? And look at the seventh chapter. In the first year, Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel, had a dream. All it's doing is going back and repeating something that has already happened. And the seventh chapter talks about all these four, the four beasts and the four, and the four men that take over the kingdom from the Grecian king. Now, go back over here to the 44th chapter of Isaiah. What happened to Cyrus? We don't know. Nobody knows what happened to Cyrus. No record. That's weird. Then you go back to the 44th, 45th chapter of Isaiah. This is the drying up of the Euphrates. The drying up of the Euphrates is equivalent to the drying up of the Euphrates in Revelation, the 18th chapter, or in the 16th to the 18th chapter. The Bible says it's dried up in the 16th chapter, then the 17th chapter is like a parenthesis, and the 18th chapter shows you the drying up of the Euphrates of the world at the end of time. Babylon is fallen, is fallen. False twice. Fell in the Old Testament. You can write this down in Jeremiah 51. It fell in Daniel 6. It fell Isaiah 13 and 14. And like I said in Jeremiah 51st chapter, it fell to Cyrus of Persia. And then it falls in the 18th chapter of Revelation. Well, everything is dried up. You know what causes all that drying up at the end of time? Everything we talked about at the beginning of the message. When the economy is destroyed because of the rivers, the glaciers, when you get to studying this, you find out what everything is in an ecological balance. And when the balance is out of whack, like the one side has said, what happens is all the food dries up, the shipping dries up. And it says that in essence. Well, he goes on to say in, in Isaiah, I need to come back to this, Isaiah 45 he comes to the two leave gates I'm not going to be able to finish this tonight he says in 45 this is very interesting comes the two leave gates in verse 1 I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight I will break in pieces the gates of brass that keep you out and cut asunder the bars of iron, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness of Babylon, 
and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I the Lord which called thee by thy name am the God of Israel for Jacob my servant's sake Jacob is Israel all twelve tribes and Israel mine elect you're going to give decrees to let them go back to go back and build the temple now I even I have called thee by thy name I have surnamed thee though thou hast not known me I am the Lord there's none else there's no God beside me I girded thee though thou hast not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun from the, and from the west that there is none else beside me I am the Lord there is none else I form light and create evil I create this evil that you're going to go in and slaughter Babylon that's what that's about I make peace and create evil of the Lord do all these things. I I create evil is about the Persians coming down the river and butchering the Babylonians. And you want to see what they did, read the 13th chapter of Isaiah. When these Medes come in and slaughter, the Bible says they ravished the women. They raped the women. And God said, I caused all of this. Wow. And God's going to hold, God creates sin and you commit it and then he holds you accountable for it. Boy, figure that out. And I've run out of time. Everything that I'm talking about, Euphrates falling. When you get to the 8th chapter, the 18th chapter of Revelation, it's about the merchandising of the world stopping because the very essence of the Euphrates was the shipping of everything to the world. When it says the ships and the men who run the ships in the 18th chapter of Revelation, they're no more because the animals are no more in the sea and there's no more merchandising. And that's all going to come about because of all of this upheaval of our ecology in the world. You know what God has done? Done the same thing he did to Israel. When he said you've got 70 weeks, he said you've got a sabbatical year every year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If you keep this sabbatical year, it's the same thing as crop rotation. You'll have plenty of crops. But if you don't do this for 490 years, your field won't grow anything. And if we, through our greed... We don't keep the Sabbath of God. I don't mean a seventh day. I mean resting in everything that he's doing without trying to be greedy and get all that we can. That's what's causing the pollution of the oceans, the pollution of the rivers. That's why these animals are dying in this 16th chapter of Revelation because of our greed in the world. I, I really want to keep on teaching, but I can't. I'm out of time. I'll come back next week and try. I really want to clarify this thing about the Euphrates drying up. It is about everything we talked about on the front of this message. It'll dry up because we've dried it up ourselves by being overly greedy. The world's not going to get better. The only thing I hate about this thing in the world is to watch my grandsons have to deal with it as they grow older. And they'll have to deal with it. I feel like I halfway did this message tonight. I just feel like there's so much to say. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Cause us to continue your word. Fight our battles. We're not going to know how to fight this battle that's going on in the world. There's no way to fight it. It gets on people's nerves. It makes people edgy. They want more. They can't get more. And finally, one day, you're going to bring this to a screeching halt, to an end. We long to come and be with you. Cause to be content in all that we do. We'll praise you for everything. Fight our battles in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know how to explain all this. It's just so much. What you doing, huh? Come, you give me a hug. Give me a hug. I love you, little girl. I love you. I love you. You love me? You want some gum? You want some gum? Come here. Come here. I'll give you some gum. Here you go. All right. Here you go. Look here what I got. Isn't this good? Huh? I love you. Thank you very much. Say thank you. You're welcome. Oh, no, you have to go for two. Oh, I know. Bring it on. Bring it on. So it was interesting, though. I saw I watched the second half of the game on the game. Who cares? It's, it's, I didn't even know it was a league. I mean, I've heard of the XFL, but they're going to bring it on. It's like they're playing 10 games now. And there's like, I don't know, there's six or eight teams. So it's kind of. It was interesting just to have on, you know, they're, they're taking a lot of the, the players that just barely 